You're listening to The Organized Thinker, and I'm your host, Leslie Geller, founder of Geller Coaching, a business and life coach, author, blogger, and motivational speaker. I've created this podcast for professionals that know what to do, but wish they were doing it in a more productive and meaningful way. Hi, Michelle. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Wow, that's great. I love when technology works. That's great. Quality is good and everything? Yeah, I sound great. So welcome to the show. So I'm really excited to announce that today I have my very first guest appear on Purposeful Life Design. She's a longtime colleague, friend, client of mine that every step of the way, accidentally or intentionally, has created a purposeful life design. That's my opinion anyway, but I'm going to let her tell her story with some guided questions so you can learn more about her. Her name is Michelle Davis, and she's an occupational therapist, founder and owner of Pediatric Therapy Solutions. So I'm so excited to have you on. As you know, you're my first guest, so it's very exciting. So good morning. Good morning. Yeah, it's great to have you. All right, so I'm going to start right away. Um, The first question is, what made you choose this career in the first place? Okay, so I actually started out as a special education teacher, and I worked my first job with physically handicapped children up in North Jersey, and I loved it, but didn't really didn't really understand everything that was going on with those kids and wanted to do more. I knew I wanted to do understand a little bit more. So I really connected with the therapy staff, especially the occupational therapist, and just felt like I wanted to understand why the children were having the, the problems they were having, what was going on in their brain that was causing them to have that. So occupational therapy was a perfect fit and applied to school and that's how it all started. Wow. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. I relate to that actually kind of intuitively knowing something else. All right. So what was your first experience in this career? Where did you work? Well, you kind of just said that was where you first started, right? Right. Um, but I was a teacher there. So okay. as an OT, yeah. I actually think I start, I, well, my first job was at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Mm. which was um, actually a fabulous place to start my career because it's just a fabulous, wonderful learning environment. I absolutely loved it there. I was on a team with OTs, PTs, speech, physicians, nurses, specialists. Um, just it, It's a wonderful didactic environment, and I just was learning all the time. So mm. it just set me off on the right path right away. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So, I mean, do you feel like, I mean, how long would you say you were in it then you knew, like, yeah, this is the right spot? Oh, gosh, it probably was pretty quick. You know, I feel like I was able to use my experience from being a special education teacher um, and really understanding now how things were working to really make an impact on kids and their families. Mm, that's great. Yeah. So I kind of, I think all of those feed into the next question anyway, but what would you say you love most about the profession? Well, without getting too long winded, um, <laughs> and please stop me if I do, I think there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of a misnomer about occupational therapy, what it is like, do I find people jobs? And even after 30 years of being a therapist, I still struggle with trying to make it short and sweet about what I do, but pretty much occupational therapists just 
help kids find, you know, their way, figure out why the child might be struggling with a certain issue, a motor skill, a sensory problem, and really help find an answer. And I think I, I just love that piece and being able to be an agent for change for those kids and their families is, is why I love it. Hmm. That's great. I love that agent for change. I love that. Um, All right. So what point did you know you were in the right spot, but needed a change or shift, right? Because things did eventually shift for you. And then, right. right? So what was that point? Well, I think that, um, so I started up my career at CHOP and then I got married and was trying to commute from New Jersey to Philadelphia. It became too much. So I started being an OT in the schools fairly shortly. I only worked at CHOP for about three years. And I love the school environment. It was perfect for me raising children. Um, I loved the hours. I loved the camaraderie. I loved working on a, a team um, in the school district. But I was getting frustrated. Mm-hmm. And I was getting frustrated with the bureaucracy, with people telling me how I needed to do things. And also, a lot of times, people would ask me if they could get additional therapy services and who would I refer them to. And I was like, well, you could go here or you could go there. But I kept saying, I don't really love that place. There really uh-huh. needs to be a, a place. I, w- I could do that. You know, mm. maybe I could do that. <laughs> and I just really, it just took off from there. So um, anyway, sorry, yeah. I got a little distracted. Yeah, no, that's really, that's actually really, um, you know, it's kind of interesting, right? You had your own insight that who I'd like to send you to is myself. And I'm not in yeah. the next place to send you to, right? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of intuition here. So I love the the theme that's kind of just naturally showing up. So was there anything keeping you from making that next change? Or did you move on it as soon as that idea kind of occurred to you? Oh, no, I was pretty much scared to death to make that change. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I never, as you know, I think you and I have talked about, I never liked the confidence as an OT. I knew mm-hmm. I had, I knew I had a um, good skills. I'd been working for, you know, 15, 20 years at this point in the schools and had a variety of experience. So I never doubted that, but the thought of just starting my own business and all the unknowns for that was just really, it, it overwhelmed me. Yeah. 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 So um, that's pretty much everyone, right? And then, right. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, that goes into number six, which you already answered fears and worries associated with the change are all about really just business ownership in general, just overwhelming. Right. So, um, at what point, yeah, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I'm sorry. I, I, I think that those fears and worry, I, 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 I just thought about the business part, which like, I didn't even, you know, um, balance my own checkbook. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, I really am not a business person. I don't, I didn't think I thought like that. And I did it. You know, if you would have asked me now, um, you know, or then what I would be doing in 10 years, there was no way I would have ever thought that I could run a successful business on my own. And, right. you know, it just was a, a huge learning curve. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's really that I appreciate your honesty, right? You weren't even bouncing around checkbooks. So (laughs) that's good for all the (laughs) listeners out there that are wondering. Yeah, but um, it's good. So at what point, though, did you realize this like wasn't just a job or hobby, but something that felt purposeful? Because it it almost sounds like that started right away for you. But is that true? 
I'm sorry, Leslie, could you repeat that second? Sure. Yeah. At what point did you realize it wasn't kind of just, this isn't just a job for you? There was some more meaning or purposeful place for you in this spot. Right. Well, you know? actually, that's a really good question, Leslie. I think that when you start your your own business, there's like a shift in how you how you think. Um, mm-hmm. It's extremely empowering. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not good about talking about myself, I have to say. So, um, but I want to say that, especially as a female, you know, starting her own business at I'm embarrassed to say, but I started this at 50 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, I had um, a, a really good business coach. And I'm not, and Leslie did not ask me to say that. So I'm not. <laughs> it's okay. We, we take personal we, plugs. We're all right with that. <laughs> right. We didn't practice. <laughs> no, that, we but, didn't. <laughs> but I really mean, you know, having that support was a real lifesaver for me because especially as I, as I've already shared, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really understand the business part of things. And I was so overwhelmed by it. And I, I just like was stuck in my own self. So she was able, you know, to help me develop systems and to break things down and to set goals for myself. And um, I think once you realize you can do it, your wheels just like mm. keep spinning and mm. you just, it, it, you want to be like, you know, you really want it to be great because it's a reflection on you. It's a reflection on what you've developed and, and, and you own it. So mm-hmm. you really just want it to, um, it, it, it becomes that, that really, it, it becomes purposeful. Like you, it's all about what, what, what you've developed. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, um, yeah, I appreciate you mentioning, you know, working with me, but you know, for me, that that's really why you were first on my list even to interview because you're the perfect example of what I say is an ideal client in that I do guarantee my work with people, but that's because I choose to work with people who are at that point of like, you knew what to do instinctively, even when you didn't think you knew what to do, right? You had skills, you, you had even entrepreneur skills that you didn't even know you had. And it just came from, as long as we laid everything out, you could see it, you could smell it, you could taste it, and you would just do it. And that was the thing. That's why it became sustainable because you wouldn't second guess it or question the list that we created. You would just look at it and say, I made this up. I said, I'm going to do this. This is what I'm going to do. Okay, what's next? And and that that really is the sweet spot of just kind of trusting you had your own instincts and then trusting our work together that you could do this. Right. So kind of our voice together became louder than probably your own demons. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think, you know, having a coach is also like having a cheerleader, you know, mm-hmm. it's really somebody who just supports all those things that you said and just makes it real and, and makes you accountable. Cause that's the mm-hmm. other piece is that, when you're on your own, you're really not accountable to yourself. Nobody, you know, that's why you probably may have thought about starting your own business because right. you wanted to nobody to be telling you what to do. But on the other side of that coin is that without somebody sort of putting those, you know, time commitments and, and a little bit of pressures on you, you just you sometimes cycle, you know, out of in, in your head out of control, like, oh, I can't do this. It's too much. You know, mm. where do I start? Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, that's great. I love that. What What would you say, if if it's possible, the was the biggest challenge you've had in this profession as an entrepreneur? Uh, so that's 
That's a tough question because yeah. I feel like I had a lot of challenges. <laughs> yeah. um, I think when I think back to first starting this, so actually how it, it started a little bit was that I became, um, I was, my family had been getting physical therapy for a lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, sports issues and everything else and my, my own, um, some, some injuries that I had. And the PT had just kept saying to me, you know, when you're ready to go on your own, um, you should look at some space I have in my office. And I would be mm. like, no, I can't do that. So <sighs> anyway, I finally did it, made the plunge. It, it took a lot of, and I started and, you know, I thought to myself, and I like to tell this funny story that like, it was almost like from the movie, Field of Dreams. If you build it, they will come. Mm. Like, mm. I just thought if I put the sign up on my door and told everybody I was going into private practice, I was going to have, you know, a list a mile long. Well, you know, that didn't really happen. <laughs> <laughs> so what would happen is, you know, I, I, I was, I sort of forgot, or I, I shouldn't say that I didn't forget, but you know, I worked in a school and I was now trying to get students to come to my practice and they were in school. So from nine to three, I didn't have much of, of an active life of, or a business going on. And so I needed to supplement it. So I think that that piece was the hardest reality. Like, okay, so this isn't exactly as easy as I thought. They're not just knocking my door down. What else do I need to do to attract new business or mm. how do I diversify? And um, I just think that that's what I, you know, that was the biggest challenge initially was just trying to figure out how to make it work. Um, right. And, and definitely the biggest reward is just what I get from the families from meeting all these fabulous families and knowing that I really, you know, I love connecting with them. I can help them. I see changes in their children and I hopefully am making, you know, their struggles a little easier. Mm, yeah, it's great. I, it, it, this isn't exactly how I asked the question um, before, but just knowing you actually, right? So you, you did have to overcome that challenge of like, now I have to be creative and find ways to, you know, pretty much fill up the day. And, and you did just talk about that, right? So was there ever a point where you wished you could, right? Because what you left behind was a school district funneling you with a day. But I remember you saying at one point it was, it was safe, but it was so safe that it was keeping you from what you really wanted to do. Yeah. Right. To make a difference the way you wanted. So was there ever a time where you felt like, ah, this is too much work. I should just go back to what's safe. I'm sure I've had, I had those moments, especially in the beginning, but I think as the business grew and I became more successful, pivoted with what I needed to do and then business came. And then I was like, you know, I really can make this work. And I, you know, I was fortunate in that right from the start, I was, I was able to keep busy. And so I never really had that doubt to go back. (laughs) You know, I loved being um, able to, find new ways to provide services. I mean, initially, I thought I was just going to have this private practice that kids just came to see me. Well, that right. didn't happen. You know, mm-hmm. I um, was private pay initially, and that worked for a while. But then I changed and I became an in-network provider with insurances, which really exploded my business and then allowed me to have independent contractors help me out. And, and then I also um, became you know, I contacted, I'd been in the area for a long time. So I had a lot of connections. And so I reached out to some of the school districts and said, 
you know yeah. what, during the day, um, I'm available. You know, if you mm -hmm. need some help, maybe you have an OT that went on maternity leave, or maybe you have somebody who's out on disability. And that actually ended up exploding on me because I did that for a little bit. And then they would call me like, well, do you have a physical therapist that could help me for this? Mm -hmm. And do you have a speech therapist? So I was mm -hmm. able to, you know, independently contract some more therapists and then grow my business that way. That's amazing. Yeah, it's really amazing. Even when, even though I know your story, I love to hear the story because <laughs> it, it really has been, it really has been amazing. All right. So I know you've talked about retiring. People who are listening don't know that, but I know that. Um, and you're still kind of holding on even through the challenges of the pandemic. And I guess we can combine them to say kind of what has you holding on? And then also, what do you see as next for you? Okay, so the pandemic definitely accelerated the process, I think, you know, I've been an OT for over I'm embarrassed to say 30 years. Mm -hmm. um, and I absolutely love what I do. So I mean, I think that's that's the biggest thing, you know, with whatever career anybody chooses, whether they run their own business or they work for someone else, you know, you really need to be passionate about what you do. So I think that's what's holding me on. Um, you know, I, I want to, I, I talk about retirement, but I'm not sure I'll ever really let go <laughs> <laughs> just because I can do it. I can afford to do it on my own terms now. So I'm definitely not working as much. I'm only working a couple days a week. And then I think that, you know, that'll be, Really hold on. I ended up having, because of the pandemic, closing my office like everyone else did for a while, but had made decided in um, just this past fall, mainly because I was thinking about wanting to slow down to not reopen my physical office space. And, and then once again, having to pivot and say, all right, so how are we going to make this work? So now hmm. I'm doing more home therapy. I do some virtual therapy, still have a couple school contracts. And still, I'm able to, you know, hire a few independent contractors to do some of the other um, pieces of the business. So I'm still working it just at a at my at my on my level or, or my, you know, my comfort zone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Right. Because you and I were were not working together for a period of time after that because we worked together for a good amount of time where your wheels were ready to go and you were completely independent and successful. And then the pandemic hit and we just, just enough, like we just dusted off a few things and right. Reorganized yeah. your home office and it turned into this. Why do I want to give this up? This is kind of nice, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's yeah. why it's just, I don't know. The, the one piece about going on on your own and having it is that you, you know, sometimes do feel isolated, at least I did, because I did a lot of this, on, you know, all by myself. And I think, you know, you, you didn't really ask this question, but just to expand, <laughs> yeah, it's just that, that I think that you need to use your networks and your community and realize when you can't do something by yourself. And for me, the pieces that I really had to like go outside of my comfort zone were in my, I didn't really talk about this before, but my billing and using QuickBooks, because I had mentioned that all was really foreign to me. So I needed help with that. And yeah. I wouldn't have been able to do it if I didn't, you know, contract a biller to help me with that. So that was a huge lifesaver. Mm -hmm. And the other piece was somebody like, a, you know, using a business coach. And mm -hmm. it truly did. So like, just like Leslie said, I came back a, a couple times for like, you know, like, all right, 
here I am, I'm stuck. I think I'm, I, I don't know if I can do this. Here's what I want to do. And just needed someone to say, you can do this. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. you have the pieces in place. And yeah, we just redesigned my home office and it's fabulous now. <laughs> it, so. is, it is. It's <laughs> great. Yeah. Listen, I, I just, I'm, I'm so glad to have you on the show as our first guest this that I've ever had. Um, it just always makes me like makes my adrenaline just rush a little bit because, you know, I know you personally from long, long time ago when our kids were just toddlers, really. And, um, you know, you never really know how the paths are going to go. Right. And, and what I do as a coach is, is it's no, it feels magical to me from where I sit, but it's not magic. It's just a dynamic relationship, right? You know, it's the ability to have two people working as one because I didn't have anything invested in your outcome. I just was invested in whatever you wanted. So then there was no pressure. I didn't have opinions about which way you went. I just needed to know which way do you want to go. And then we kind of built it together. And I have always loved working with you. So yeah, I just love your story. I I can't thank you enough for coming on today. And um, I am going to end it there for now. But I'm going to thank everyone who came out to listen today to this show. And just to remind them, if you change one thing, it can change everything. So thank you so much for joining us today, Michelle. You're very welcome. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 